0: Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody. Hello, a very, very warm and toasty welcome to Cop On Podcast, whether you're listening to the audio version or whether you're joining us live on YouTube. This is the FA Cup final preview, and it's it's an absolute joy to be joined by Josh, Josh, The Chelsea fan, you've been on Cop On a couple of times before. Welcome back. Absolute delight to have you back. Tell the listeners um about uh, your your youtube channel what's what's going on these
1: days yes yeah, so my youtube channel is uh JPSH. um i stopped in youtube for about three four months ago at the start of the year but i've i, I started in youtube again last week and i've pumped up loads of content i've got a, a match day vlog which was just uploaded today uh, i did my preview of one of my channel i've got a weekly podcast on thirsty nights and uh I've got some content for the remaining couple of weeks of the season before uh, some very interesting non-football videos um, in the off-season, such as TikTok reactions, which I really, really look forward to doing those. So loads of content on the JPSH YouTube channel, simple name, um, a profile picture. Uh, it's a really nice black grey profile picture which has me and Thomas took it on it so it's easy to find and if, if you haven't subscribed I really really appreciate you subscribing to me and uh showing all the amazing content because uh if you're a friend of Owen you're a friend of mine so
0: uh, that's how way it works Excellent um, and it works both ways absolutely uh, so that's JVSH do check it out watchers and listeners okay let's get into it the you know i've got my agenda three pages in front of me we'll just see how much we can get through um let's start with the sanctions because i looked two months ago um it was in in in, around about the 11th of march sanctions were imposed against roman abramovich blocking the sale of chelsea etc etc um And in terms of the results, that shocking news um, was followed by three wins for Chelsea against Newcastle at home, Lille away and Middlesbrough away in the FA Cup. And me, for one, I was thinking, well, okay, well, nothing's changed for Chelsea on the pitch. It's just off the pitch. But since those three wins, it's been four wins, two draws and four losses in the 10 matches you played since then. And I just wonder what's going on, Josh. Is it just the sanctions that are getting into the players' heads, or is it something more complicated? Uh,
1: um, I think it's a mixture of different things. I think, first of all, yes, the sanctions do play a big part because you know when you're playing for when you're playing for a football club and it's going to be a going to be a change of you know uh, back well, you know, board members is going to be a change of you know who's running the club. It can leave you uncertainty because you don't know if that new owner wants you, you don't know what their position is on you. Uh so it can create a lot of uncertainty in that mind because you know you just don't know what the future of the um you just don't know what the future of the uh, club is. Um and then on the other foot side of things you've got a lot I said, mainly in defence, but there are some players um who are running a contract next season, Jorginho uh being the obvious one. And then you've got Rudiger going to You've got Rüdiger going around with Drew, you've got Azpacueta going to Barcelona, you've got Christensen going to Barcelona, you've got Trevor Chalaba who is starting tonight but has been left out of the squad for ages. There's just a lot of uncertainty, you know, you've got a lot of your star key defenders who are going to be going to other clubs here in the summer, so you know, they don't really care where Chelsea are next season, it doesn't bother them in the slightest. Um, Hypothetically, they're not going to put themselves on the line for a club that they're not going to be at next season. Uh... So, you know, when you've got that contract situation mixed in with, with the sanctions, uh, you know, stuffbridge being half empty, you, um, you know, not being able to sell programmes, you're not being able to do particular advertising, which means the players don't get paid as much and all that. It's just so many different things. It is mainly... Um, it is mainly all off all of the stuff, um stuff. So yeah, it's it's a mixture of different things and I do think that has played a big part in Chelsea's form. But I think I think it's more the contract side of things rather than the sanctions things because the ownership thing has obviously now been not fully resolved. There's still a couple of checks and do to do by the Premier League. Um but you know, the Chelsea are having the owners, no issue with that. So but the contract situation is a big, big issue because you need players who are committed to the club and I think especially in defence, Chelsea just don't have that um at the moment.
0: And and I I mean who are you gonna miss most from those those players who are who are leaving? It's gotta be Rudiger, right?
1: Rudiger, definitely. Yeah. A, I think credit is done. Um, I think he is no more than a bench player probably now Premier League level. And Christensen I I like Christensen but Christensen's always been an inconsistent player. And I feel like he shoots the back free system. I feel like if we go to a back four Christensen wouldn't be as effective, so yeah, Rudiger is the big one. Uh, it's going to be really, really difficult to replace him.
0: Yes, okay. And then um, you know, before we get into the chat about the the game itself, the FA Cup final. God, it's exciting talking about finals. And uh, before we get into that, you know, it, it looks like I don't understand who these people are. I haven't been following Chelsea all that closely because I've been so wrapped up in what Liverpool have been doing. So I mean. The new owners, the Bowley, Ted Bowley, is that his name? What, what do you make of um, the, the potential new owners? It hasn't been confirmed yet, right? Uh,
1: it, ha- it has been confirmed that he's going to be the guy. He's already signed. Uh, I don't know what the paperwork is inside, of, but he has basically signed agreements, and he'll buy Chelsea. Uh, just, to just I think the government need to approve it. And then the Premier League need to sign, and then the Premier League need to do their check. But once those two things are done, he's officially the owner. uh he was he was at Stamford Bridge uh, to watch the Wolves game last week. He he seen, he was at the Women's game when the Women uh, left the in the Women's Super League. So he, he is involved in the club. Um, there's a lot of reports saying that he will back Thomas Tuchel. He's going to invest heavily in here in the summer, and he's basically going to be, jump straight in uh, all guns blazing. But he's going to try and invest more smartly than and then just you know, chucking money and everything. So, um, he's the guy who I wanted from the start, you know, when, when we had all these different ownership, all these different owners, putting bits in and making themselves low into the media. He was the guy who I wanted straight away. Um, he, he owned part of the LA Dodgers. They have a really good system there over there in America. And um, if if he does a similar like, similar like um, good system here in in a football terms, then Chelsea will succeed. So I'm very very happy with him. But obviously, you you say a lot of things when you're trying to buy a football club to get it over the line. What actually happens when he buys the club and will it continue into a in A year? A different story and impossible to answer until um, the distant future.
0: Well, no, it's it's very interesting stuff. It's very interesting to see. see what happens there but um all right let's let's talk about the road to Wembley then um your uh road to Wembley started with uh Chesterfield a 5-1 uh victory and then you won away in extra time sorry at home in extra time against Plymouth Argyle then you beat Luton Town away from home 3-2 before uh defeating Middlesbrough in the quarterfinal 2-0 away, a uh, potential banana skin that one, as they say. And then you beat Crystal Palace in the semi-final 2-0. Um, not much to really talk about, and it seems fairly straightforward in terms of that. But then if I look at your uh, goal scorer goal scorers in the FA Cup run, um Lukaku is up is up at the top with three goals from four starts and plus one appearance on the bench. And then uh, next on the list is Timo Werner with two goals and three assists um, from three starts and two substitute appearances. So um, Lukaku and Werner have have done quite well in the FA Cup. Is that just because you've been playing, you know, relatively rubbish teams or have you been impressed with the FA Cup or you don't really take too much stock? Well, that's... um...
1: Well let's look at well, you know, look at the opponents we played. The only Premier League opposition we played was Crystal Palace in the semi-final. Other than that, you were playing Championship and League One teams and, and even over two for Luton Ton fair one won the championship to be fair, but even Chelsea should have still been better against them than what we were. Millshire we were lucky against. At Plymouth give Plymouth we were extremely lucky to win that game, like we really lucky to win that game. I think Plymouth probably deserved to go first so I think Bernard Lukaku have done well and they've shown up and we've needed them too but you know considering the teams that we played we did I think Christopher probably Crystal was the game we won comfortably the most I'm not going, and I'm not going to include uh, Chesterfield not because Chesterfield's in all leagues. We, we we know any team's gonna hammer them. Uh, if you know, if I'm, from the champ, from probably League One upwards. So I don't count Chesterfield in, in that statement. That Crystal Palace was our easiest game, um, and that says something. So I hope we've saved our best performance for the final. Uh, I'm sure you probably were going to bring it up at some point, but this will be our first consecutive FA Cup final, and we could lose our first consecutive FA Cup final. So. It, that, that's the thing that plays on my mind probably the most. Is I just cannot lose another FA Cup final. Uh, I don't care if it's to Liverpool or Manchester City or if I've been going boring, boring wood. We just cannot lose another FA Cup final. I, 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 don't, I don't care how good the team is. We need to win.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, I. It was difficult, wasn't it? Because against Arsenal um, and against Leicester, uh, I don't really remember the game against Arsenal. I remember last year's against Leicester with that, that wonder goal from from Tielemans. But, you know, Chelsea were just like, I don't know, underwhelming in that one. I imagine against Arsenal as well, it was maybe an even worse performance a couple of years ago.
1: I think... I- I think the Arsenal one was because we, we took the lead really early on and we actually played really, really well. But then I think Kovacic COVID, got sent off and it just went downhill big time from there. And like, mm. if, I'm being, if I'm being, obviously Lampard was still managing them, but Arteta schooled Frank Lampard in that final. Arteta had a game plan. The game plan the game plan was fantastic and Arteta just completely bossed Frank Lampard for the whole game and we deserved lost. loss. And I think that was tougher to take because of how much. Lampard got school, a school in that game when Coveted against off it, which is a disaster class from the players and from the manager.
0: <laughs> yeah, OK. OK, well, you know, thankfully, um, from your point of view, Frank is is now uh, playing his trade, if you can call it that, with, with Everton, barely keeping them up. Uh, but uh, never, nevertheless, he's adored by the, by the blue faithful. Um, in terms of uh, Tommy Tuchel, I mean, you can't expect any... Any surprises in terms of how he's gonna how he's gonna set up? You know, any any tactical surprises for the weekend, or is it will it just be the usual? You know, three at the back. I f- think it's gonna be three at the back. Yeah,
1: I don't see him changing away from that system. Uh, I think it'll be the three four. I think it'll be a free a three four one two. Mason Mount kind of playing in behind a two striker system like like Likakio, Furner, Ferner or uh like and Havertz. Uh and tactically I think he's going to sit deep. Um I don't think it's gonna be a low, low, low block. I don't think it's gonna be like a Spurs low block, for example. I don't think you know we're not that bad, but we don't have the melody or the energy to match Liverpool. So I, I think we'll sit back in our shape. We'll try and we'll try and defend the first and second balls and then try and break really, really quickly um well with Mason Mount. So I think Probably it's going to be. I don't think we'll park the bus like Colley did. We're not that type of team. Uh, we've tried it against Manchester City a couple, uh, t- twice this season, and it failed dramatically. I don't think he'll do it in a cup final at Wembley. Um, but I don't see it's trying to match you. So I think it's going to be one of those games where we'll press at the right time and then we'll sit back at the right time. I think we'll try and throw different curves at the pull to try and keep them guessing.
0: Yeah, very interesting stuff. I mean, you know, Gary's in the chat. Hello, Gary. Great to have you with us. He said it's going to be a great game. Um, I can see that happening. I can totally see it happening, that it, it turns into a classic. I can also see it being turgid as well, you know, there's a there's an expression that French, uh, you know, footballers and people who work in football in France talk about, and they say, you don't have to play a final, you just have to win a final. And that there is this sort of, you know the way that Liverpool have been playing, where we just sort of get the job done. We've been playing in every match like that, really, or almost every match. But um, I think it's, it could be a cracker. You're absolutely right, Gary. It could be amazing as well. Um, in terms of the danger men, um, Josh, who 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 can really hurt Liverpool? Well, I was going to say Kovacic, but uh,
1: Kovacic just went off injured uh, after the Dan, oh, the Dan after the Dan James record. He okay. his, his his ankle was um his ankle was really badly strapped up. So I think that's Kovacic out for the cup final. Oh, uh, so Kovacic would have been the one I would have said, but I, I'm pretty sure that's him out now. So the danger man, pfft, uh. Who would probably Reese James. I think Reese James is going to be really key for us. I think his ability to get up and down the wing, he can hold up the ball. He's good. He's very good defensively when he gets back into the shape. Um, I think his ability to try and play balls into the box if Lukaku is up front, and for uh, and trying to link up with the midfield. I think Reese James is just going to be key in terms of getting forward, trying to defend. Um, you know, if it's Mane or Diaz on his side, and. Trying to be like a man, you know, from defense attack. We don't really have that. He is kind of our guy. He likes up to play. So I think if Rhys James can get that ability to get forward and cause issues in the final third, I feel like he'll be a big difference in that regard.
0: Um, and on on the left, I mean, Marcos Alonso will play, right? Because uh, Chilwell's still out. Um, so, yeah. um, I mean, is is he playing well recently? Alonso? Has he been nope. playing well?
1: Nope, nope. He's been absolutely awful. Um oh. this season, I think. I I just don't like alone. he scored a good goal at Old Trafford. Took, mm-hmm. He he can score goals well. Like if you if you get if he's in the box and you, and he, and a shot falls to him, he'll take in, he'll score. But defensively he's a shambles. He just he doesn't have the recovery pace. You know, if he's cut out of position or we're cut out of the ball and he's high up the pitch. The amount of space And, you know, the amount of space it opens and the team has to start dragging and going into so many positions and you just lose your overall shape and discipline it's it's absolute it's it's awful I, I don't like him i would happily sell him for a bag of quavers if, you know if i could i generally hate like i, I think he's a terrible player. he's a terrible professional and i can't wait to see the back and barcelona panic barcelona what the barcelona try to get as of a credit christensen and alonso off this season they can happily happily take marcus alonso happily, and get a young, you know, look at who you bought, you bought that young uh, Tomiskins guy um, for £10 million or something, and he is a fantastic, I think he's a fantastic backup to Robertson, all along to it's the complete opposite Chelsea, should just get someone like that, someone who's cheap, willing to play for the club, is a good backup, and uh, can improve, and uh, learn off, you know, the person that's ahead of him.
0: Yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Who do you think the danger men are for Liverpool from an outside point of view?
1: Uh, Luis Diaz. I really like Luis Diaz. I think his pace. I think he can. I think he can score goals. I think he's extremely direct. I mean, his pace and his uh, on-ball dribbling is fantastic. I think he offers something that. None of the other Liverpool attackers really have, and I think he's stepped in in place of Sal- I know he doesn't play in the same position as Salah, but he stepped in. You know, and Salah's fatigued, bit of downhill form, and he, he's given Liverpool. You know, probably just someone who isn't isn't Salah Sal- level, but he's still someone who's extremely dangerous. And I I I, I look at him and I think, yeah, he's the one I'm probably scared of the most out of all of the front three at the current moment
0: he has been amazing gary saying diaz is the threat for liverpool yeah i mean he's he's been so good but i think we've got so many of them um if kovacic is out um so you'll get you would play then i mean kanté um you said to me um before we started recording this that kanté's kanté's legs have gone i mean would you trust him to play alongside Jorginho? I mean, he's one of my favourite non-Liverpool players, He's, but I haven't seen him recently. Well, you see, that, that's the thing. Now, um, a thing that
1: probably says a lot is that uh, Kante isn't on tonight, so I'm not actually too sure if Kante's available. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on for Kovacic so I don't actually know if Canty's even available himself. I don't know he has picked up a lot of injuries. Um, if Canty can't play, if Canty can't play, he'll play against Kovacic. Um I'm pretty sure about that. But if he can't play, then we'll see Ruben off the cheek beside him. I love Ruben. I think he put But Ruben, and Kovacic in the same midfield. None of them are like. None of them know when to sit back. Both of them like want to get forward and be good on the ball and uh, and try and. Influence the final third. I think Jorginho is good and Jorginho does sit back more, but he's not a defensive team. I mean, he needs someone a bit more mobile beside him. And Ruben Loveless Cheek is mobile, but he'd actually to get forward. So it's I just don't see the balance. I don't see the balance there. And I'm sure they will try and obviously sort that out. Um but if it if it can't be simple, yes, I play ND, if, if it can't I'm play it's gonna be Ruben Loveless Cheek. And it just slightly worries me because I just don't feel like it's a midfield that really works well together with, with their attributes. Um, they're both fantastic players, but they're two players that don't really sit well together. And I feel like if those two do start, Liverpool also, along with Alonso's kind of side, do you have an area that they could attack Chelsea? Uh, attack Chelsea? Because it's a midfield that would be very easy to play through.
0: <laughs> yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, absolutely. Uh um, what's for dinner is in the chat which is a marvellous marvellous name uh he says uh, the first time i cried and cried and cried over a football match was the 1977 fa cup final versus manchester united when we being liverpool lost 2-1 our treble was gone what's for dinner was 12 years old and he will never forget that day excuse me i'm assuming it's, it's he might be she they will never forget that day may 22 was very similar in many ways we beat city by a point in 1977 and we won the european cup good grief that i mean that would that would be nice to beat city by a point and win the european cup but we're talking about the fa cup and that's uh you know we do remember uh, defeats sometimes more than victories i don't know what it would you know some of your favorite fa cup uh memories i mean maybe maybe drogba beating Liverpool back in twenty twelve, the only time that these two teams have met before in the final?
1: Yeah, that was that was a cracking game. Uh, I think Chelsea have had a good history in the in the FA Cup um other the last two years. You know, we've normally been very competitive. I remember under Antonio Conte, we bet Manchester United won down what was probably the most boring FA Cup final I've ever seen in my life. I was a dad ball of watch. Uh, we still won it, yes, fair enough, but like we, we got a penalty early on, and then we literally had no interest in trying to get a second goal. It was just park the bus, hang in there, and that was a diabolical game. Um, and then you've got the two, the last few years, which have been frustrating, because we haven't turned up in those two games, you know. Uh, for cup finals, we, haven't, we, haven't, we didn't play to our, to our standards. So it's... It's... The FA Cup was... Oh, apologies. As I've been a bit being up early, get tired around this time of time of day. Um, it's okay. Um, <sighs> you know, I think the FA Cup with well, Chelsea's been great and we've had a fantastic history and you know, we've won it loads of times and the last two years have been difficult. <laughs> and I think that's what gives... I think that's what gives Chelsea that little bit of... Um, that's what gives the extra bit of... Motivation, maybe, so to speak, that they don't want to lose. It's for a cup in a row, and that might just give them a slight, slight little bit of motivation to push on and try and win it. And just, uh, just a uh, damper in the mood on this channel. Manchester City has scored against uh, Wolves. It's one yeah,
0: two. I'm following it uh, on on um, you know on Google. It just said Kevin De Bruyne has scored in the seventh minute. Um, yeah, I mean, not many Liverpool fans would give uh, give uh, anyone much of a chance in the league against man city and it seems that <laughs> yeah i mean for good reason i mean they they they're a great team if we if we end up losing the league to them then yeah it would be disappointing but we have to look at it as a, an incredible uh, run and we'll be back next year i'm sure um but um back to the present and you know the the danger meant i mean i want to talk about kai havertz because um this season his record in all, in all competitions is he's he's had fifty-eight appearances, three thousand four hundred and seventy minutes. He scored nineteen goals and five assists. Is he doing better? I mean he's only twenty-two years old. Is he is he is he gradually growing into this this team and, and, and impressing you or or is he still just I don't know un- underwhelming?
1: No, I do I, I think Kai Havertz is a fantastic young player. I think I think for I think for Kai Havertz it's going to be one of these situations where, you know, you're you're going to see these big promising glimpses of him. He scored some big goals for us, you know, in his time at Chelsea already. Um but I think as a young player you do get highs and lows and when you've got that potential, you'll show your potential. You know, a young player in a very difficult lead and in the a team that is struggling, you know. And a fan base that can be so critical. You can, you know, you can be made, you, you will have bad moments and those bad moments will be shown out loud because Chelsea fans do criticise every little player for every little wrong thing. You know, the amount of time for games I and mean, Mason Mount, to born breaded beautiful Chelsea players have being, you know, critiqued out. Uh, it, it, that's just the way it is. So... I think he's such a young player. I think he's came into England. He's done a fantastic job. He's shown the potential that he's got. He just needs to take these bad periods that he's had, and the bad period being at the moment, and just kind of take it into the next season and learn and improve. He's improved a lot from last season. He just needs to do that again into the next season, after this season. But if he continues to improve, the guy has so much potential. It's unreal. Um you know, he, he's really good at holding up the ball, he makes smart runs, he's got fantastic finishing, he just needs better decision making and he um, needs better decision making at the right, uh, of in the past. He can get his link up, play slightly better and he can be better in the, the decision making aspect along with the ability that he does have. I think he would be a fantastic player but it is what, he, he, he always was an long term project with Chelsea and the early glimpses are promised and it makes me excited to see what he can do in the future.
0: Excellent stuff. And a guy who we should be talking about um, as as a danger man, but may not be in many people's eyes, is um, a guy who, for whom we have received uh, a question from our listeners. And Alan, hello, Alan. He said he asked me to ask you, do you think Lukaku overall has been a waste of money? To be honest, yes.
1: Um, I think Lukaku. I guess to say why we got Lukaku, and you know, I've said many times, Chelsea needed a striker. And considering considering the options that were available in the summer, you know, Harry Kane was pretty. Harry Kane was going to. Um, Harry Kane was understand the Spurs are going to Man City. Uh, Hard we did try and get Harden, but it was always going to be. Possible uh, And last summer, just because of how much money they wanted, obviously it was different. This season was the close, and that's Manchester City have got him. Um, yeah, I do. I think it was a waste of money. I think he's he's a good player. Um, he's a good player, but I just don't think he's Premier League caliber. He can finish, but he doesn't like the physical. Um, he doesn't like the physical attributes of the Premier League. He doesn't like doing a the pressing. He doesn't like running off the ball. He doesn't like being in a physical battle. And um, that's just the way the Premier League is. I think he has slowly started to improve these last few games, but it's, it's the same as Fern. Fern had a very good spell a couple of weeks ago, and he's practically used yourself. If Lukaku can end the season on a high, I hope that could be good, and maybe we can be a bit more excited for next season. But a hundred million for that? No, he's had on the danger half the season. It's just a waste of money.
0: Okay, I think Wolves have equalised. So I'm going. I am actually going to going to chip off fairly soon, and and uh, get all excited, only to be disappointed by uh, City once again, probably. But you never know. I'm still believing. I think. Um, we spoke about this uh, before as well, earlier today, Josh, on, on your channel, JVSH on YouTube. Do check it out, everybody. Um, we did a, a preview on your channel as well, and and uh, you asked me about the, the, the you know my belief that Liverpool can actually win the league. I think we've got about a, a 2% chance, a 1.5% chance if City uh, win today, um, but... It, I, I'm going to believe wholeheartedly in that two percent uh, because it's not over, and and you know I, I don't give up until uh, Sam Allardyce's wife sings, as the expression goes. So, um, uh, yes, before I chip off, I've got one more question from our listeners. This one's from Ryan. He asks um, Hudson and Hudson Odoi. And Ryan and Brewster were part of the same England under-17s that won the Youth World Cup. Um, and with Brewster, it didn't really work out for him at Liverpool. Uh, from the outside, looking in, it appears to be heading that way for Callum Hudson-Odoi too. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, what's happened to Hudson-Odoi? Do you like him? Can you see a future for him? Well, H- Hottonadui,
1: unfortunately for him, the the past few uh, months uh, has been dealing with a very bad Achilles injury. Um, he hasn't ruptured his Achilles as such, but his Achilles has kept him out of training now for a month for a good two, three months. And, and and before that, he was actually he wasn't starting regularly, but he was coming off the bench and he was actually making really positive impacts. I think he was he was very he was coming off the bench and getting goal contributions. He was. Playing part in big and uh, big moments of games, so I, I think for I think for Hudson Odoi, it was just unfortunate um, that that Achilles' promise kept happening. Does he have a future Chelsea? Depends who Chelsea again the summer. Here, if Chelsea go out here and play more attackers, I do see Callum Hudson being potentially loaned out or sold. Because uh, they won't keep him around to keep the, let him sit on the bench. He's on, I think he's on like 170 grand a week. Uh, he want to play first team football, so both parties will be looking to get that issue resolved. It depends on the summer window. If Chelsea don't, if Chelsea stick with who they've got at the moment, then I do think. Uh, Hudson-Odoi will stick around and play a partner squad, but if Chelsea do go out and say buy another striker or maybe go and get another winger, I see Callum Hudson-Odoi probably leaving on loan in the summer. It really depends on who Thomas Tugall wants. I think Togo loves him, but would he be willing to, you know, keep him around rather than buy someone else top class in the transfer window? I can't see it.
0: Yeah, very interesting stuff. Okay, let's move on to just the last part. I mean, um, you know, talk about predictions, but I'm going to be a bit more specific. I'm going to say, because you're going to go for a Chelsea win. Of course you are. But I'm going to say, like, how in your mind can you envisage Chelsea winning? Like, what's what's Chelsea's, what's the most likely way that Chelsea get the win on Saturday?
1: Uh, first of all, Liverpool, We need we need Liverpool to... We need the report to I think we need a report to misfunction. I think it's probably a good way of putting it. We need the report to be slightly off in the press. We need them to leave a ton of space in behind. We need them to try and play and try and um uh, we need them to try and play into us. You know, if the report pressed, we can get balls around the top, uh to and um explore the space in behind. I think that probably gives us the best chance. But if you know if Liverpool presses really, really well, we'll struggle to play out, we'll lose the ball, we'll knock it down the pitch. And it's difficult to say it's when it's all about us beating the Liverpool press or Liverpool not pressing properly. I think that is the key because Chelsea struggle against the press. Um and if if our midfielders cannot get out cannot get out of the pressing of the ball to our front players. It's going to be a long, long day. So um, the press is the big thing. We just have to hope that Liverpool are a bit more fatigued. They're not going to press as heavily and let Chelsea you know, get the ball and create some opportunity. So I think that's going to be the key bit for us.
0: Yeah, very interesting stuff. I mean, unfortunately, Fabinho looks like he's missing out. So I think that could be... That could be uh, an avenue for for Chelsea to exploit, you know, either side of of Henderson. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think the press, from from a Liverpool point of view, I think the press is the key as well. If we can not only win the ball back quickly, as we we have done all season, but then keep our heads, because I've noticed, you know, in attack, you know, the past couple couple of games, I mean, Luis Diaz is averaging a pass success of, you know, between... Uh, 79% and 92%. Whereas, you know, Mane, Salah, Jota are all around 65%. So we're going to have to keep the ball and make the right decisions, or at least two of our three attackers are going to have to make the right decisions a bit more. But if we do that, I think Liverpool can win, Um, you know, definitely. But uh, there you go. City have gone 2-1 up. Apparently an unlucky deflection that could have gone wide didn't unfortunately. So there you go. As we're recording this, 20 minutes gone. Uh, Man City 2-1 up against Wolves. Ah, done. But uh there you go. Gary Richards in the chat. He says uh, Liverpool can win it, but Liverpool need a striker interested. Um and uh, thank well thank you very much, uh, you know, for for that. I think um Mane is is doing very well. 12 or 13 goals since the AFCON, I can't remember exactly how many but uh it's going to be great it's going to be great fun i want to thank you so much josh for joining us and um i'm about to yeah you know self-inflicted watch man city uh win the league more or less but there's still a chance for liverpool i'm never going to give up until it's over but thank you so much josh it's been a real pleasure and uh yeah i don't know roll on saturday
1: Yes, well, uh, good luck for Saturday, Owen. Uh, good luck to all the Liverpool fans. Um, I will say this. I hope it's an enjoyable game, uh, none, nonetheless. For um, it isn't going to be one of these boring FA Cup finals for both teams For caged. hope both teams do go forward and go out to enjoy the occasion. I hope Chelsea win. That's the one thing that I would say. Um, that's the one thing I would say, but uh, wish you all the best. Uh, wish you all the best, everyone. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a wee talking on Twitter after the game, uh, on, on how we feel. Uh, but I do hope you want to lose inside, uh, no matter how much <laughs> I do like you as a person,
0: <laughs> yeah very very good as very honest yeah absolutely I mean as usual I hope the best team wins and I hope that's Liverpool 5-0 uh, but uh, thank you so much anyway for joining us and uh, thanks to everyone for listening and watching thank you